and having that first impression be a professional presentation that actually represents your business. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. It's year-end, and you're probably reviewing your 2021 performance as you prep and plan for the new year, right? For me at MKM, that looks like updating pricing, updating contracts, prepping for taxes, assessing profit and loss, etc. as I make a game plan for structure and services in 2022. But I didn't start out in my very first year or even the first four years knowing how to do this. Did you? Do you know which areas of your business you need to focus on building next year? Do you know which steps to take to make those improvements? As you know, revenue does not equal profit or take-home pay in your business. So how do we grow more than just the gross revenue and actually make some money in 2022 as business owners? Well, thankfully, my friend Janie Stahl is a fractional CFO, and she is an expert in just this type of thing. She helps business owners see that sustainable profitability requires high performance in all areas of their business. And with her expertise, she guides them through the process of analyzing profit, offers, services, products, and time spend so that business owners can work smarter in the exact areas that will keep their business working profitably for years to come. Right now, Janie is offering a free assessment to help you determine which area of your business could be improved in 22, and it's free. In this guide, she walks through creating your unique business plan for next year and identify specific steps you should take to strengthen your business's foundation. Go to janiestahl.com slash small-minded to download the free assessment today. That's J-A-N-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L dot com slash small-minded for more clarity, less confusion, and confidence knowing you are doing the right things to grow your business in the year ahead. JanieStahl.com slash small-minded is where it's all at. And psst, if you'd like to hear more from Janie, head to episode 54 of the Small-Minded Podcast for her inspiring story of entrepreneurship and financial tips for business owners of any size. Hello, welcome to our first episode of 2022 here at the Small-Minded Podcast. And trust me, this is a good one. So. We're kicking it off with someone I got to know really well in 2021 and work with on a professional level, but also connect with on a personal level through our connection at Empower Her, which is a group in Iowa that brings together female business owners to help them thrive and grow in community. So this person, I got the privilege to have as my brand photographer throughout 2021. And she not only is a very talented photographer, but she took it to the next level, helping me make plans, understand what my photos would communicate to my followers that saw these photos, 
And I noticed throughout our time together that her mind is so sharp. She is so strategic. She knows so much about business ownership and growth that it's hard to imagine that she's only been an entrepreneur for a handful of years herself. But today we sit down with Jade Boyd, who talks us through her evolution from her undergrad degree to pursuing her MBA to starting a photography business and now pivoting into more of a growth coach in the business space that helps business owners strategize and make their work more productive and efficient. And I know that you will hear throughout today's interview that Jade is just so articulate and passionate about what she does and intelligent in the way she thinks about business. And I knew that she would be the perfect guest to have for our very first interview of 2022. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to my friend and now yours, Jade Boyd. Welcome, welcome. This is my friend Jade, and I'm so excited to have her today on the podcast. Welcome, Jade. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you for taking the time to do this. So for anybody who may be unaware or maybe don't recognize you yet, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do to kick off our interview? Yeah. So I am a brand photographer and business coach. I'm here in Iowa city. Um, my husband and I just celebrated our second anniversary and we fill our free time with home renovation projects, which if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see lots of behind the scenes of my frustration with home projects. And yeah, my life as a business owner, working from home and working with photography clients and helping women-owned service-based businesses grow with smart marketing strategies and organization. I am so excited to introduce you to listeners today because Jade and I, like, I feel like we've been running in the same circles in like 2020 and we like heard of each other, knew of what each other did. And then in 2021 is when you and I got to work together several times because I signed in for your year long branding membership. Mm -hmm. And throughout the past year, not only did I get to like confirm that Jade is an awesome brand photographer, but I can also attest to your stories are so much fun to watch because <laughs> I am not a home renovation person, but I love everything you do. And I'm like, oh, this is so cute. I'm so glad Jade's doing that in her house. <laughs> I am not a home renovation person either. I'm definitely learning. My philosophy is just paint it white and it's worked out so far. <laughs> oh, but it's so cool. And like, I know listeners can't see this, but in the background behind you, it's like white walls, black trim on the windows. You've got greenery and plants. I love the lighting that you have behind you. It's very, uh, I just, I can't describe it and give it justice, but it's just everything you guys have done just has so much class and style to it. And you're making your home your own. I think it's, and so people that need to follow That is the you. highest compliment. Thank you. Because it is good to recognize how far we've come in the past two years, because there's definitely other parts of our house that are not pretty at all right now. So it's good to like pause and be like, yeah we waited for this room to be done for a very long time. So it is, it's fun to see the progress happening. So yes, at the end, we will share Jade's handle so you can go watch and you can be like the first person to catch the next home renovation process. <laughs> yep. I have an Instagram highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So they can get caught up. Okay. So away from home renovation, cause that's not what we're here to talk about today, even though it is very intriguing. 
I brought Jade on today because not only is she a great person to chat with, but she is one of the most strategic marketing minds that I know of. And she's talented with photography and she can help you tell a story through a photo. But then it's the next level that Jade brings to the table, the what to do with your marketing content and how to put it all together in an organized fashion that I think she is just so, so skilled at. So Jade, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to be where you are in your business today? Because I know your story takes us through an MBA program then into considering what to do with that degree, then the photography, and now you're into this next iteration of the business. So can you kind of walk us through those different aspects of your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I did my undergrad in business as well, and it was kind of an accident. I applied to the University of Iowa as a senior in high school, not knowing what I wanted to do. Actually, I applied for nursing and then I got CNA certified my senior year of high school and realized, no, <laughs> I need to I do anything else. I knew that about you. Okay. Yeah. It was a brief stint in high school <laughs> and it was very clear that that was not the profession that I was made for. Um, so I changed to business because my sister was studying business here at the University of Iowa and I got a scholarship. So I was like, great, I'll go my first year starting business and then I'll decide what I really want to do. And I just never changed it. I fell in love with studying entrepreneurship specifically as an undergrad, not knowing, you know, where it would take me. Afterwards, I toyed around with the idea of going to get a master's in student affairs and higher education because I worked in the advising office and loved that role. I also toyed with the idea of getting a law degree because I liked the idea of advising in that aspect as well. It was like that coaching element that now looking back, I can kind of see the threads of like being passionate about coaching and serving and advocating for others. But I got a nine to five in student affairs after I graduated and then realized that I wanted to go back for, you know, grad school and ended up studying business, which seemed like a duh, this is what I love and I'm good at. So when I applied for the MBA program here through the interview process, just realized it was such a good fit. So I did my MBA in marketing and in MBA programs, they're definitely like coaching you and educating you and instructing you in a path towards a corporate role, mm -hmm. you know, climbing the corporate ladder and becoming a, you know, CMO for a marketing MBA at the end of the day or at the end of a career. And throughout my second year, especially, I realized I was interviewing all these different alumni and asking them like, why do you love what you do? Like, why do you get up and do what you do every day? Trying to figure out what role in marketing would be a best fit for me. And I did not relate to any of their answers oh. and realized like, oh, I have no idea why I would want a role like that because I don't see the purpose behind it. And I don't think that I could feel motivated getting up every day to do that, even though I think it's really interesting. So when I graduated, I knew I wanted to start my own business. I had as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, I had a list of like 10 different ideas. Like I want to write a book. I want to start a coffee shop. I want to be a photographer. I want to, you know, X, Y, Z. And at the end of the day, honestly, I just looked at the list and was like, okay, photographer, I could do that today. So let's start with that and see where it goes. Um, mm -hmm. And I also got married right after I graduated from grad school. So it was a crazy year. And then COVID happened three months after we got married. Oh so gosh. it was an insane <laughs> season to start a business and a marriage and this home renovation project, which looking back, it, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but that's how I got into photography. And I starting out did a little bit of everything. 
And I was also marketing consulting on the side with Lynn Davy, who you might have met. She moved to France now, but she was in Cedar Rapids for a long time before that. And so I was using those skills and helping her clients develop smarter marketing strategies. And Lynn, as a trained journalist and writer, was doing copywriting. We were doing website layouts and design even. So we were doing a little bit of everything in the marketing field. And on the other side of it, I was working with photography clients and realized, why don't I combine both of these things and niche down into brand photography? So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I got to where I am now. Oh my gosh. That is, there are so many different points in your story where you could have taken route A or route B and route mm-hmm. A would have taken you somewhere totally different than where you ended up for all, I mean, for all the good reasons, but I hear in your story that you just shared so many times where you came to, okay, I have to make a decision about this. And then you had to go through the pros and cons. You had to weigh all of the possibilities and then go with what was most right for you at that time. Mm -hmm. So I loved hearing about how like in your MBA program, when you were interviewing all of these alums that you were hearing from them, the different aspects about what they liked about their job. So was there anything that stands out that in their responses that made you, because I know you said it, you didn't resonate with any of their responses. So what were some of those things that they were sharing that you were like, Ooh, I don't know if that's right for me. Yeah. Um, people would say things like, I feel like my job's important because I know nobody else could do it as good as I can. So like, I feel needed in my workplace. And I was like, okay, but someone else could do your job. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's replaceable. So I didn't resonate with that. Um, people were really passionate about the unique, uh, like skill set they were in, like really passionate about analytics and data as somebody in an SEO role or passionate about, um, the certain industry that they were marketing consulting in as a marketing consultant. And I was like, I'm not really passionate about a certain industry, like manufacturing or healthcare or anything like that. So I feel like it was very either industry related or skills related, or just feeling like getting their identity, I think from their role and climbing the corporate ladder. And that's something that I just, I just can't resonate with. I need to be interfacing with people. Like I said, I was thinking that I was going to go into student affairs or, um, the legal field because I care so much about working one-on-one with people and seeing them develop and grow and, you know, giving counsel and advice. So yeah, I think the people side of it and the mission and the purpose behind it is what was missing for me specifically. I think that is a really important thing that you just highlighted. Like there are some people that those roles are perfectly matched for where they know exactly what they like to do and how to do it. And it gives them meaning and value. But like you said, there are people who are more driven by that mission or that community or bringing together. And it doesn't really matter like what the tactics or the specifics are. It's just the fact of making other people better and helping lift them up in whatever role that you're encountering them in. And so I think that is so important to understand because I do know that like if there's any kids listening, I know there are some high school classes that like sometimes listen to this. So I do want to just like underscore that sometimes you go to school for like a business degree or the degree that you're thinking you want to go into, but then you end up getting a job in a specific industry or a specific location. And you need to care and be passionate about what you do there. Not just about the business at hand that you are trained in, 
but you have to be passionate about what that business does, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think the other side is that in marketing, the field I was most interested in would have been business consulting or marketing consulting. And through my experience doing classes, and I was a consultant for Grand Canyon and Arches National Park as a business consultant when I was in grad school. And I've just realized that consulting for larger organizations has such a smaller impact because I can spend all of this time analyzing all their data, delivering this report. But at the end of the day, it's such a large organization. So it's really hard to connect your work to a specific result. But with small businesses, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, A project like that for a small business with limited resources, it can make a huge impact in their bottom line and the way their operations run. And so I think also connecting that to purpose um, and people, that's something that's super important to me. So yes, I could have gone the marketing consulting route or even consulted for larger small businesses, but I think my heart is just with creatives and especially as a photographer, helping creatives grow their businesses is something that I find a lot of purpose and joy in. So. Oh, I love that. That was so awesome. Yes. It can make such a big impact for these small business owners. And we're going to bring this full circle by the end of the interview, but I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think that's exactly what you do with these small business owners. Um, side note, can you tell us a little bit more about the role you had with arches and grand Canyon national park? Because I think this is such an interesting story too. (laughs) Yeah, it was an amazing still looking back at it. I can't believe that that was my life. Um, but in the year, in the summer between your first and second year as a grad student, you get an internship and the National Park Service has this business consulting internship that they run every year. And they choose 18 grad students, usually business students or like sustainability and urban planning type students. And they send them to nine national parks. So I was chosen as one of the 18 students and I got placed at Grand Canyon. So me and my co-consultant who is at um, Georgetown for her MBA, we lived together at a house on the South Rim of the Grand Canyon for 10 weeks and did like a commercial analysis of businesses running in the park and did some like financial projections and some operations suggestions for them. And after that experience, I was like, how can I do this again? Um, so I set up my own consulting project just with connections. We made networking with other um, commercial use people in other parks and set up a different management consulting project for Arches National Park and ended up getting my school to pay for us to go for, I think we were there for like five or six days on site, but we did the project for a full semester and did a similar project for them at Arches. So yeah, it was amazing. I think that is so cool. Like when we were at a retreat a couple months ago and you brought up this story and I was like, this is like such a neat experience, something that is so unique. And it just goes to show like what you can, all that you can accomplish. Like there's a big, big world out there and it's like, you can just tap into some of these existing programs and really make a difference in larger ways too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So you graduated with your MBA. You were still unsure about what exactly your path was going to be at this point. Correct. But you knew it was going to be something in entrepreneurship. Yep. Okay. And so that's when you made your list of all these potential pursuits that you could go after and on your list was photography. And you said, that's something that stuck out to you because it's something that you could start right away with what you had and just run with it. 
And I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot to be said for that as far as starting a business and being an entrepreneur. It doesn't have to be fancy or perfect to get started. You just have to start. And so what were some of those things that you put in place when you decided to go after photography? What were some of those things you had in place right from the get-go? Yeah. So I should start by saying I gave you the short version of (laughs) post-grad business starting. The long version is that I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to start a business. And the University of Iowa actually has one of the best entrepreneurship programs in the country. And they have a lot of funding and resources for programs for students who want to start businesses. So I was pretty involved in that program my last semester of grad school and got placed in a startup accelerator that summer because my passion actually was to start a coffee shop. And so that summer they funded me to continue research. I got an intern in an office and a lot of help from local entrepreneurs who serve as mentors in that program and basically did the whole business plan for a coffee shop and talked to a bunch of different small town coffee shop owners because that's where I wanted to start a coffee shop in a smaller town and realized at the end of the day that the glorious life that I was imagining as a coffee shop owner is very far from the reality of running a coffee shop. And obviously the investment is pretty significant in order to do that. It's a big commitment. And so throughout that summer was kind of my time to look at what I actually want to do for a business. And I knew that I was so indecisive of what I wanted to do, that it was a smarter idea for me to make a smaller investment and kind of feel it out and see what I was actually interested in. So I think your question, will you repeat your question? Yeah. When you decided to go after photography, then after you had decided to start something that took a smaller investment and go this route, what were some of those things that you had in place to get started? Yeah. So obviously a camera (laughs) and (laughs) I had already uh, learned how to shoot on manual mode. So I hadn't had any previous experience shooting for families or weddings or anything like that, but I knew how to use a camera and how to take photos, but it was tricky because it was winter in Iowa three months before COVID started. So like practicing and portfolio building was really, really difficult. And those first six months were honestly really discouraging because there is like challenge after challenge to start a photography business in that season. But I think all I really needed was the ability to take pictures and to step outside my comfort zone and reach out to friends and family members who are comfortable setting up a photography session at that time. And just being like, Hey, I'm building my portfolio. I'm trying a little bit of everything. I'll take your photos for free. Can we do this? And so that's really how I started out just building my portfolio for as many people as I could. Um, and the first time I did a braiding session was for a couple of my close friends who are a husband and wife wedding videography team. And so I did a branding session for them for their new website. And at the end of the session, Mallory, my friend gave me $50 and she looked me in the eye and said, your time is valuable. And like, I'll never forget that moment because I think it was the first time where I was like, okay, my time is valuable. I need to start charging for this. Everybody has loved their photos so far. And I think that was kind of a turning point and something I'll never forget. You know, you never forget your first dollar as an entrepreneur it's kind of a magical moment and it's never, you know, the amount of money that you probably deserve for the time you put in, but it means more than even those larger ticket items because it's at a time where I hadn't proven myself. And, um, yeah, that's how I got started. And after that session, I was like, brand photography is kind of a unique thing. I was marketing consulting at that time. And that's kind of what got the wheels turning. That's so, so 
instrumental in the story of who you are and where you are at now, that first Mm -hmm. understanding and realization that this is here, this is what I'm going to do. I can make this happen. So I love that you shared that. Thank you. Um, like you said, the brand photography aspect is definitely a good combination of the marketing skill and strategy that you have, plus this gift and this talent that you are developing in photography and brand photography. I know that especially in smaller towns, smaller businesses that have maybe been established for a while, it's definitely something that we know the value of. But I do think that in a lot of smaller towns, sometimes it can be a harder sell to be like, why should I have brand photography? What's the importance? Where do I use these? So can you share a few examples of places that people can use brand photos and why they should have them? Yeah. So I think it's really interesting talking about small town, small businesses and brand photography, because it is so different than other types of businesses. And I think the main reason for investing is in brand photography is to establish that trust with people who don't know you. And so it makes a ton of sense if you're marketing your business online and trying to get in front of new audiences. But for small towns, small businesses who already have that established trust and credibility and network within their small town community, I think the investment might not make as much sense for some of them, depending on what their business goals are. Of course, if they're trying to get in front of new audiences and, you know, take their operations online or grow a brand for distribution or anything like that, that's when branding becomes super, super important and worth that larger investment. But I would say the best investment for in brand photography is when you're trying to get in front of new audiences and make the best first impression that you can possibly make, whether that's in, you know, Instagram, building your personal brand or on Pinterest, if you're selling products or um, like passive income, digital products, anything like that. If you're doing any sort of digital advertising where the first impression you'll have on someone is a cold audience, that's when it can make the most difference. But I do think the primary value in brand photography is just establishing that trust right off the bat and having that first impression be a professional presentation that actually represents your business. But it's not only about you. It's also about your target market and knowing what audience you're trying to grab that attention from and knowing what they want to see and making sure that your photos are aligning, not only with like what you value your image that you want to represent, but also having that image be something that's actually attracting the audience that you want to get in front of. So much gold in there. I hope people like pause this, like I'm giving you full permission to pause this podcast, rewind it about 30 seconds, and then listen to Jade explain that again, because your brand photography is important in sharing a story, giving touch points, building up that trust factor and giving a good first impression. But it's not just about the impression that you have of yourself. It's also thinking about that target market, just like Jade said, and thinking about what are their needs? What are they looking for? And how can I convey that through image? And I think that is just key because brand photos are more than just pretty pictures. They are telling stories, they are conveying those brand values and those things that are important to your audience. Absolutely. And the other thing I would say is that it also increases engagement. So it doesn't even matter the type of photo, just having a photo with the stuff that you're sharing. I feel like this is obvious this year, especially with, you know, reels and video becoming even more important, but our attention span is so short. And so that an average visitor on your website will only read 20% of your text, but look at every single photo. 
And I think if we just think about the way that we use social media scrolling through, I definitely see and pay attention to all the photos. And I think we've seen with your photos that we've taken, like the one of you throwing the papers in the air, the engagement that photos like that, if you just take a little bit extra time to think about, you know, what you're, the story you're trying to tell, like you said, and who you're communicating to, it can go a long way in terms of engagement and shares and likes and comments and all of that on social media. So I think that's the other benefit of it too. Oh yes, for sure. And when I think back in particular to the sessions that we had throughout the past year, and I know we have talked about this, but just for the listeners cluing in, like, I know we talked about, like we had the advantage as part of your membership to work together four times in many sessions throughout the span of the year. So it was in like January, May, August, and November. And in that January session, I remember coming into it and I was like, yay, I'm going to get pretty pictures. And I was like, mostly just texting you about like what outfits I should bring. And then throughout the course of the year and like the evolution of understanding what my audience was engaging with, what they were responding to and getting like more feel for, like you were getting a little more feel for me and like the personality that my brand had. By the time we got to like those fall sessions, they felt the most genuine. And that's where we tried the, like throwing the papers in the air and like just goofy like silly kind of poses, but those are the ones that people have reacted to, I think, because they are the most authentic and they are the ones that people in my target market, like they're like that too. So it definitely demonstrated to me just what you said and about how it's like just connecting with the audience and just doing those things that are going to get them to sit up and pay attention. And then also get like maybe even a subconscious understanding of what your brand does and how it can help them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for anybody who's thinking about working with a brand photographer, I always suggest try to find a brand photographer that you can work with over a long amount of time, because the first session is always like that. It's like getting to know each other, trying to communicate your brand, trying to get the right photos, balancing so many different things. And the longer you work with a brand, the more, I mean, in any field, if you're a social media marketer or a copywriter or a graphic designer, the longer you work with a certain brand, the more creative you're able to get within that brand guideline. And the more ideas you have on how do I communicate this brand through images. And so that would be my number one piece of advice for small businesses who are thinking about hiring a brand photographer, get somebody who you feel like you can work with over the long haul, who can, you know, get to know your brand really well and bring more to the table than just showing up to take photos, but really be that brand strategist who's thinking about how do I help this business connect with their ideal target? And how do I communicate that through photos? I love that. Okay, guys, before we go any further, we need to talk about something personal. Your dinner. (laughs) I'm not sure about you. But fall and winter are busy at our house between chicken chores, shuttling the kids to school and activities and therapy, harvest, working, and laundry. My God, the laundry. Some nights I don't start dinner until six o'clock. And on nights like these, I'm lucky to have a friend who makes mealtime a little bit easier for our family of six. My friend Lindsay at Chilled Freezer Meals helps make dinner simple and convenient while using whole ingredients that you can feel good about putting on your table. Chilled offers fully frozen meals for local pickup and home delivery to communities throughout Eastern Iowa, and she also ships meal bundles nationwide. They have convenient options for conventional meals, including quick prep ideas for the crock pot or the instant pot, as well as choices for those following a gluten-friendly or keto lifestyle. 
With budget-friendly options and sizes from single serve to portions for large families like mine, they've got something to fit your budget and your needs, even for those picky palates like the ones you find at my house. We love the breakfast burritos. They make our mornings a dream and her single-serve meal packs that are just perfectly portioned for those work-from-home lunches or even days when my kids are out of school. If you're more likely to find yourself cooking your meals this winter, Lindsay and her team also offer a range of digital products to help meal planning easier and make it a little more accessible so you can get dinner on the table without a lot of fuss. Visit chilledfreezermeals.com slash pages slash small-minded to see what Lindsay and her team have in store for you. And to sweeten the deal, if you're a first-time customer, you can get 10% off your first order by using promo code small-minded at checkout. Again, that's chilledfreezermeals.com slash pages slash small-minded. And you first-time customers can get 10% off your order using the promo code small-minded. And if you'd like to hear a little bit more about Lindsay's story and how she's grown chilled, head to episode 56 of the Small-Minded Podcast to hear a little bit more about Lindsay and this amazing chilled freezer meals business. Okay. So while we were talking about that, my brain kind of said, maybe we should back up a second because a lot of listeners, they might be thinking about brand as far as like logo colors. But when we're talking about brand in this sense, we're talking about like the big picture brand. And I know that this is like something that you are just so good at Jade. So can you explain, maybe like take us back a step and talk about how like your brand is more than just your logo and your color palette. It's a whole big picture of what you are about. So you can, I know you can explain this better than me. So I'm just going to let you have the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Explaining brands is really different. It's difficult because they are like slippery, intangible things. And even on your balance sheet or larger companies, they won't even show up until a company is acquired. And then they might have an intangible, it's called an intangible asset that's worth millions of dollars. And it's really hard to quantify that as a small business because the definition of it is the perception of your business in the eyes of your ideal audience. And so perception, I don't know what your first thought is on that word, but it seems very vague Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so many things can influence that perception. So it is your colors. It is your photos. It is the name of your company. It is your um, logos and your fonts and your voice and how you speak to your ideal clients. Like it's all of those things that's shaping this brand identity or how people are perceiving you. The words that come to mind when they see your, um, your posts on social media, or when they hear you talking on stories, so many things can influence that. And so if you want to get to know what your brand is, it's not a matter of like, let's hole up for a day and think about what my brand is and write out, you know, a mission statement and all those things that that's good. But at the end of the day, your followers or your clients or your customers, your audience, they actually tell you what your brand is. And so in order to know what your brand is, you have to be talking to people and asking them what the first words are that come to mind when they think of you, you know, things like that. And having those conversations, that's the only way to really know what your brand is worth and what it actually is. You can do so many things to try and shape the way that people perceive you. But at the end of the day, they decide what your brand is, which is why brand photos are not about you or your copywriting. is not about you. It's ultimately, you have to think about your ideal customer first because they determine what your brand is at the end of the day. 
You just took me to school. That was really, <laughs> really cool. I love this. And I think that it takes us into your brand in particular and talking about like, as you went through 2021 and you were growing in the photography business, I noticed that you were starting to shift and then you were doing these things, reaching out to your audience saying like, what do you think of when you think of Jade Boyd photography? What do you think of when you think of me? What do you think of when you think about branding and all of these things? And I could feel something was shifting. And then I, we were kind of talking about the different things that you were considering, but can you talk us through like, okay, you felt in 2021 that photography was going well, but like you did feel like there was something that was coming up and something that was the next iteration of your business for your brand. So can you walk us through that and talk about like how you went through this questioning of your audience to like really finalize that decision of where you're going now? Yeah, absolutely. That kind of started this thought process actually. And I think that was back in first quarter of this year. I think I wrote, I did write a blog post about some of the questions that I asked too, if people want to go back and look at that and do their own brand audit on their own audience. Um, but one of the most popular things I heard was that they think I'm organized. Like when they think of Jade Boyd, they think organized. (laughs) I will say that Jade is so organized, like the most organized person I know. (laughs) And that's not something that I had ever thought about because it does come so naturally to me. And so it's not something that I see as being valuable. It's like, everyone doesn't do this. Not everyone has a task management system and set workflows and a file structure for their Google drive. What? (laughs) (laughs) That was sort of the first time I thought about that and how valuable those things are for me and how many entrepreneurs just don't think like that and are craving this sense of order and consistency and are living in a little bit of a chaotic business, but not knowing how to create those orders, the order and structure that could help them alleviate some of that overwhelm um, and take some of those tedious tasks off their plate that don't actually need to be there, that could be automated or delegated. So that's when I started thinking about that. And around the same time, a handful, I'd say three, two or three or four people, I think, reached out to me and were like, hey, do you do coaching? Like, could you help me with this area of my business? Um, and I hadn't really thought about that before at the time I was being coached by Maddie Pashong. So I was one of her clients for a year and I was just comparing myself. I think I'm like, I'm not a coach. Like I have a coach. I can't coach. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I did anyway, I said yes and started helping people with their businesses and just realized how much I missed marketing consulting, I think. So it was kind of an organic thing that's kind of developed throughout the year as people have asked me to do different projects for their businesses, um, ultimately leading to me developing my ClickUp template, which I launched um, last month at the beginning of November. And it's basically a template that people can use to organize anything in their business in one place and something that I've been using for a very long time. And I'm always tweaking and perfecting and improving as different things come up in my own business and my life. I organize my personal life in there too. Um, but it's something that I launched in November. And I've also done a couple of VIP days for different entrepreneurs doing kind of a done for you organization of their businesses. Um, but it's kind of a mix between marketing and productivity, because I don't think you can separate the two marketing touches every aspect of your business. And so when it comes to setting up workflows and systems, I do think you have to think about your ideal client and your brand and, you know, your goals on the marketing side of things too. a good workflow 
shouldn't just automate tasks. It should really create a world-class experience for your clients, right? Or Mm -hmm. make sure that you're optimizing any workflow that you have, whether it's developing podcasts and making sure that you're including lead generators and list building things in every episode, you know, having that template set, or if you're doing your client workflow and making sure that you're asking for a testimonial from every client, I think that the two kind of go hand in hand. So that's something I'm looking forward to doing more of in 2022. Um, Haven't quite decided a structured way to do that yet. Right now, I'm still kind of doing projects as they come up um, and working on perfecting the ClickUp template, which is live. Oh my gosh. I think that this is such a good demonstration of where your brand can go, where you can go, other avenues you can pursue, different revenue streams you can bring into the business as you go forward. When you have a brand established and your brand really focuses on listening to what the audience is saying about it. So just like you said, you had this understanding of that brand was bigger than just what you do or how you look or how you are marketed out into the audience. Your brand, like you said, is what people are saying about you and what they are knowing you for. And so like you demonstrated, it allowed you to try out these new avenues, things that you saw as just average every day. Like this is just what I do is actually revolutionary to other people. And that's where your business can really be differentiated and can go to the next level. And I love that you leaned into that. And you're still, like you said, you have some things in place, like your ClickUp template, but you're still like listening and allowing it to just evolve and see where it's taking you. And that, I think that is something that is hard for business owners to do. Cause you want to like, or maybe I'm just talking to myself. Like if I see an idea, I'm like, how can I do this? And then I just like go after it and I try something, but it takes a lot of patience to let it just kind of happen and listen mm-hmm. and let it organically build. But that's where like some real gold can be found. and. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. I'm so excited to hear what you've done with clients. So can you tell us a little bit about like your VIP days that you've done? How have those helped your clients have a transformation in their business? Yeah. So the VIP day at the end of the day is about organizing your business in one place and setting up a business management system so that you can identify Um, what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing, how you should be spending your time and how you shouldn't be spending your time and also make it easier to hire a VA or bring somebody else into your business who can help you get the things done that maybe are not your, your skill set or your priority at whatever stage in business you are. So I start with goal setting and talking about where do you want your business and brand to head just within the next year, like a year from now, what do you want to be true of your business and how much time do you want to be spending on your business and things like that. So we sort of start with that conversation and then we go through the ClickUp template, um, which organizes your client workflow and your products and services and documents, all of that information and all of your marketing channels are organized in there and how often you're posting and what your content categories are. It is, it's the long day, which is why I'm thinking of breaking it up into <laughs> multiple multiple days or meetings over a series of weeks. Um, the first two have gone really well, but they've had a lot of follow-up because it is so much to tackle and so much to organize in one day and so many conversations to have. And at the end of the day, it's kind of exhausting for me and for them. So I think spreading it out would kind of be better. Um, 
but we go through all of that. And at the end of the VIP day, they get delivered a ClickUp template, which has everything organized. And the template basically reminds you when you need to do things and has a workflow for everything set up. So if you want to bring a VA in, all you would have to do is assign that task to them. And when they come into your template, they have a list of everything that they need to do and potentially with links to all the information that they need to have. So that's the gist of it. Oh my gosh. And then, so then the template that you have live right now, that's like, they can have the template that you've already put together, but they have to go in and customize it. But the VIP experience is like, you guys are sitting down, you are talking about their specific goals, their specific strategies and helping them customize that template to their needs. Yep. So the ClickUp template comes with a mini course. So I will, there's a video tutorial where for client workflow, for example, I'll say, this is how client workflow works. And there's a template in there, but they would have to go in and kind of put in their template emails and all of that stuff and organize it themselves. But in the VIP day, we kind of even talk about the marketing strategy behind a client workflow. Like how can we change your client process into a world-class experience so that you are building your brand? And how can we generate more referrals? Like, do we need a referral program or do you need template emails? And so building all of that into the workflow is part of the VIP day too. Oh, I think this is something that could be such a game changer for small businesses, because especially if you're kind of a solopreneur at this point and just trying to do all the things yourself, it can be so easy to get like bogged down in certain aspects of the business because there is just so much like Jade just mentioned the marketing is its own beast. The financials is its own beast. The like customer service and the actual getting work done for clients and customers, that's another thing. And so it can be hard to see how all of this fits together and where you can offload if you're needing some additional help. But like when you're just in the midst of it, it can be hard to see like, how do I bring somebody in? What are these tasks that somebody else can do for me? And you lose so much time and then time equals dollars in your business when you're running like that, just going from task to task to task. And I say that because I've been that person at various stages of this business too, but having a resource and then someone like yourself to talk to and guide you through this, it just maximizes your potential and it maximizes your efficiency. And then it maximizes the impact that you can have on your customers and your clients, because you go from just delivering a product or a service to delivering a world-class experience for that client or that customer. And that's different things. Yeah. And I think having that system in place for your business, it just helps you know what to do next, because I don't think entrepreneurs are lacking any sort of motivation or energy to build their business. But I think at the end of the day, what holds a lot of people up is having these really big goals or dreams and not knowing how to take like just one step at a time or like, what do I do next? And so having a plan in place to follow is also something just helps you move forward day after day. So you're not caught up in, you know, just always working on client work and always checking your email and always procrastinating with the stuff that comes easy, but really identifying what should I be spending my time on in order to make my business move towards this goal that I have. So breaking it down, I think is the most helpful part of that. Oh, that is so important. So I had another question, but then I thought maybe I should ask you this one too. I know that having that plan is really important. And I would also say, and I think you will agree with this, having someone to hold you accountable to completing those steps is also really important because we can have the best laid plans. But if we, like you said, we can be motivated, 
But I know that sometimes like seeing something through to completion, especially when you get to that hard, like, oh, this isn't fun anymore, but I still got to do it stage. Mm -hmm. Having someone to hold you accountable and walk you through that process is really, really crucial. And I know that you, Jade, are a member of various groups, masterminds, coaching organizations. How has being part of those accountability kind of groups and coaching relationships helped you work through some of these times in your own business where you couldn't see maybe where the next step was, but you had somebody to guide you? Yeah. I think my main issue when it comes to procrastinating is that I'm so good at planning and I enjoy it so much that I will spend all of my time planning and not actually take action. (laughs) I will just sit there perfecting the plan and like breaking down tasks, but not actually crossing anything off. So I think being part of empower her and a part of Maddie's mastermind, it is a regular reminder when you're giving updates on what's happening in your business. Like, Oh, I'm saying the same thing I said two weeks ago. I better just (laughs) do something and stop talking about it. So I do think it's important to have those regular, um, check-ins. And I think that's another reason why I, in the future next year, I'm thinking about breaking up the VIP day into maybe like a three month process because having those check-ins and like, okay, we talked about client workflow is it done and checking in the next week and helping people troubleshoot because it's not as simple as here are the steps, go do them. Every business is so different and has different challenges that come up. So I do think it's important to have somebody to talk through those things with, whether it's, you know, a personal development coach or a business coach, or just a community of entrepreneurs that you meet with informally, having somebody to act as a sounding board on those things is so important. And it's something that I think back on, When I was in grad school, I was just surrounded by a bunch of business students. And so we did a lot of team projects and I always had somebody to bounce ideas off of who had the same knowledge as I did. And it was so incredibly helpful. And that's one of the hardest things that I found going from that environment and doing business consulting projects in that environment, even working with Lynn and having somebody to bounce off with there to now doing it on my own. It is completely different. And I think as women in business specifically, a big challenge we have is feeling confident enough in our decisions. Even if intellectually, I know that this is the right decision or is like a smart decision to do next. I still sometimes lack that confidence and like, but am I smart enough to make that decision? Or like, do I really know that that's the right thing Mm -hmm. to do next? Is that the right thing? So I think even having somebody to be like, yes, just do it. It's the best decision you can come up with at this point with the information you have go for it. And having that encouragement and friendship along the way, just, yeah, it's crazy important. And I think we take it for granted a lot. I, I 110% agree. And the thing that I love about you, Jade, is that like, when you were saying you are such a good planner and you love to like lay things out and you get so much enjoyment in that. And then I love like that. I'm a friend of yours because I'm like, I do not do that, but I love seeing like how it balances out because I'm much more of like, okay, here's my options. I'm just going to make this decision as fast as I can. And then it's done. (laughs) Yep. But I just, I love seeing that. Like we all have, I think it's an Enneagram thing, but like we all have different, like natural inclinations of how we approach things. And then when we come together in these groups or we choose to work with a certain coach, Like we can learn from the other people in the group, not only to hold us accountable, but like how they approach it and say, oh my gosh, that's a really good way to think about this in the future. And then we can bounce ideas and learn from one another as well. Yeah. People think so differently. Other people will see things that I would never see either. Um, It makes me think I recently met with Erica Olaf, who Mm -hmm. I think, you know, 
And we talked about my strengths. And if anyone's thinking about hiring a coach, you should definitely talk to Erica because it was such a valuable conversation. And I feel like it's affected every area of my thinking process, looking at 2022 and like, how can I bring my strengths to the table? Because part of that fulfillment and enjoyment in your job and in your business is being able to use your strengths on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so in photography, I was using them to plan photo shoots, but that was a minimal part of my overall job. You know, I was using it in a way that most photographers don't use it, but as a business coach, it's something that I would utilize all the time. And so it just made me think a ton about how we work as individuals and how we bring people into our business who are strong in those areas that we're not. So you say you're an activator, like you get things done and just dive in. That is one of my least strengths. It's at the (laughs) bottom of the list. I did the top 34. And so it is important to know what you're good at and what you're not good at and what types of people you do need to bring into your business to fill out some of those areas that you can't do yourself. You can't do everything well. I think Erica's strengths assessment and then the information that she shares when you get your results is so incredibly like it's just eye opening. And like spoiler alert, we may or may not have a future episode in the very near oh, future <laughs> with Miss Erica. So she also just makes you. you feel so good about yourself because she just validates like these are good things to have because I often think about my strengths as a weakness, even like I just plan too much and I need to stop and start doing things. And she really affirms like you have something unique to bring to the table. And so if you're struggling to know what you're good at or how you should use that, like it's such a helpful conversation and made me feel so much better about the direction I'm going. Yes. And she totally like one thing I'll never forget is when she came to an empower her meeting and she was um, talking about instead of like, we try to be well-rounded like a circle. And she's like, no, we are not meant to be good at all the things or average at all the things. You need to lean into your strengths and be like a star where you sharpen those points that you are the most like good at. And then the other things can fall off. And then that's where, like you said, Jade, you can bring people in to help support those areas. And I just thought that was really revolutionary and how I thought about it too. Yeah. She has so much good stuff. I'm looking forward to that episode. (laughs) It'll be good. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we are at time. Uh, So I want to allow you to get onto your day. I really appreciate your time. Um, I do have just a couple more questions, but we'll wrap it up pretty quickly. So first, what are some of the things that you have upcoming in quarter one of 2022 that our followers should be looking for? So I am launching my own podcast in 2022, depending on when it gets approved. I'm thinking late January and it's going to be called the Jade Boyd podcast. So you can look for it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And the second thing I am focusing on the ClickUp template in the first quarter and really perfecting my systems and processes around that and having a really solid foundation to launch a coaching program. And I haven't decided officially, but I am definitely thinking about a three month coaching program to take people through that process, um, that I was previously doing in one day and spreading that out and adding some accountability and support in between meetings. So that's my first focus for next year. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so, so good. Still doing brand photography as well a little bit. Yes. Yep. So I'm taking less brand photography clients next year in order to focus on these new things a little bit more, but I'm still taking, um, full branding sessions. And then I plan to do at least two mini sessions next year. Awesome. And so where can people find you online so they can know all about these new offerings and the podcast? 
Yeah. So you can visit my website, www.jadeboyd.co co.com is taken, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram at jadeboyd.co. And those are the two places where I update most often. And we will make sure to link to both of those in the show notes of today's episode so that people don't have to go too far to be able to just start following you right away. Cause like we said, her content is spectacular and you won't want to miss the home renovations. That's the fun oh, part of you. Instagram too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to end every interview, we have what we call the small talk round, where I just ask you random questions, things that just pop into my mind that I just like to know about my friends and networking buddies. So are you ready for the small talk round of totally unprepared questions? I'm ready. All right. So question number one, Jade, what is your favorite shade of white to paint your walls? Oh, Greek Villa is the shade that we are painting most often, but I think we have four different shades. We have commercial white for the ceiling and high reflective white for the trim. And for people who are listening and they're like, what? White is white. (laughs) White is not white. And as like, when you get it next to each other, they do look so different in paint. So I like that you have like your favorite white, the white in my house. We pick them. It's too late to go back now. (laughs) now it's just standard. I love that. And what brand of paint do you choose? Do you go with Sherwin Williams or what do you use? Um, it depends. We have all different brands, so I don't think that there's anyone that we lean towards. It's like whatever department store we're at that day. If we're at Menards, look at those brands. If we're at Ace, we'll pick up whatever we, we can get. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. Okay. Question number two. What is your go-to snack? If you are at home working and you're like, oh, I just need something. What do you go grab? Um, I feel like I just reheat my coffee. I'm not a big <laughs> snacker, but I do have a cup of coffee on my desk until like 3 p.m. every day. But I feel like I only drink two cups and then I just reheat it every hour and forget to drink it. <laughs> it just becomes habit. <laughs> it does. But I'm not a, I'm not a big snacker. I just... Yeah. Never have been. So I eat snacks for meals, but it's usually just lunch. (laughs) All right. Question number three, what was your first job that you were paid to do in your small town? Cause I know you have small town origins as well. Yes. So I grew up in Monticello and I don't think it's under different ownership now, but it was a liquor store slash tanning salon slash movie rental place called great pastimes. And oh my gosh, my that job. is like 2000s <laughs> yeah, liquor store, tanning salon, movie rental. Oh my yep. gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing that. more cliche small town than that job. <laughs> oh my gosh. Talk about multi-passionate entrepreneur. <laughs> yep. I mean, it worked out really well. I got to tan before prom. I remember that. I used oh my, my minutes. gosh. <laughs> uh, did they have the little like stickers? Like I, we always yep. had the little stickers that you could put on your hip or whatever. And then you could, yep. oh my gosh. I think back to that and I'm like, we were obviously very uninformed about the dangers I of know. tanning beds. I oh. remember leaving, um, leaving class early being like, I have a tanning appointment. I have to leave early today. I remember that moment. It's like, what was I thinking? They just let me leave to go tan. <laughs> And remember like how, like, I just remember getting burnt and it, oh, how much it would hurt, like hurts worse in a tanning bed, but I'm so thankful we are past that time in our lives. Yep. No more. All right. Question number four, what is a big goal 
outside of business that you have for the new year? I think my biggest goal next year is to finish renovating our basement. Um, so the main level is kind of at a good place right now, but we have a completely torn apart basement. And so the goal is to finish that up by the end of next year. I think two years ago, I'd have been like in three months, you know, we can get that done. Now I'm more realistic and realize that it might take all of 2022. And I'm, I'm okay with that. My goal is to decorate for Christmas next year in my basement. Cause this year we don't have enough space to justify like cluttering it up with more decorations. So waiting till next year when we actually have a place to put and store all that stuff. But I think at the end of next year, if my house is decorated for Christmas, that will be a huge goal to accomplish. I love that. Okay. Last question. What are some podcasts or people that you follow for inspiration and motivation? Um, I listen to a lot, surprise, surprise of planning and planner review podcast. And one of my favorite ones is called best laid plans. Um, and she basically interviews people who have planner companies and reviews like the latest planners that are released and kind of talks you through what's included in them. And does the paper feel nice and does ink tests and stuff like that. And I really enjoy that stuff. A lot of people won't, I'm sure, but I really enjoy that one. And then, um, building a story brand, I think it's called business made simple podcast. I listen to that one quite a bit and I'm still a big fan of the gold digger podcast. I think those three are like my top three right now. Oh, that best laid plans one sounds really interesting. I think that it's so niche, but I'm like, there are so many people who myself included, like you'll buy a planner and you're like, this is not what I was expecting. And so that sounds like so interesting. And if you're into that, there's also a YouTube channel called Amanda's favorites. And so if you want to see the planner, she'll flip through every page of every planner and kind of compare them. And I know she has like a top five goal setting planners or top five weekly planners. She's releasing all those videos at the end of the year. So if you're looking for a planner, check out Amanda's favorites on YouTube. That's also one of my favorites. Interesting. Okay. Well, Jade, I already took too much of your time, but thank you so much for spending an hour with us and talking us through your story and the importance of branding organization and productivity for small businesses. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the small minded podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded.